Women began to speak up about their experiences and this changed everything. A lot of things look impossible until someone is courageous enough to try. One of such things is breaking the Harvey Weinstein story. Who would have thought that one day, all the dirty deeds of such a powerful Hollywood producer would be out in the open for all the world to see? The courage that a lot of other victims of sexual abuse have now is as a result of the victory won by those whose stories fill this tidbit. Everyone has a right to live and work without the fear of being harmed by another human. This book is proof that even the high and mighty who break the law do not go unpunished. It also inspires hope for seemingly hopeless situations. Keep reading to find out how 87 women decided to change the narrative of keeping silent about sexual harassment by sharing their stories. It all began with Rose McGowan's decision to tell her story. At first, Rose McGowan refused to speak to a journalist after she accused a producer of raping her. It was rumored that it was Harvey Weinstein, a notable man with a considerable amount of power in the movie industry. She shared posts on social media that showed she disagreed with movie roles or views that are sexist. This was a little difficult to believe as he had pushed many young people to stardom. Jennifer Lawrence, Michelle Williams, Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, and a lot of other actors. He helped with Hillary Clinton's fundraisers and even Malia Obama interned with him. Investigations failed to yield any positive conclusion and even when many journalists tried, no stories appeared. Many people dismissed his behavior as philandering and took no major notice because he even boasted in public of his feminist credentials by giving loans and participating in marches against sexual assault. McGowan finally shared the story of how she had gone on a trip to the Sundance Film Festival in 1997 and met Harvey Weinstein to discuss roles and he forced her into the bathroom, stripped her and put his face between her legs. She was able to escape after faking an orgasm. She got a $100,000 settlement for this which she donated to a rape crisis center. This led her to conclude that Hollywood was a system that lured young girls and discarded them after they had run their course. Before publication, the Times had to get a proper explanation by giving Weinstein an opportunity to respond since there was no video evidence of what happened and no witnesses. Advice from a longtime editor at the Times, Rebecca Corbett, opened Jody's eyes to the possibility of there being more victims. This led to a collaboration with Megan Townhey who hitherto worked on Donald Trump's behavior toward women and uncovered a lot of sexual crimes. She also found out how the police were robbing victims of justice and sex-abusing doctors continued to practice. In 2013, Jody started investigating women's experiences at corporations and other institutions. She found out that a lot of workers were scared of calling out employers who treated them badly because they feared they would lose their jobs. There is strength in numbers, the more women that spoke up, the more evidence was made available. Getting evidence from actresses proved to be a tough feat because they always kept up appearances and did their best to limit people's access to them. Jody looked through the pictures from the Cannes Festival in France and sought emails and numbers of women who appeared in Weinstein's films. The few times she successfully found someone, they kept the conversation short and unproductive. Many of Weinstein's former employees either refused to say anything at all or provided bits and pieces that couldn't make a whole story. With the help of a few people, Jodi was able to reach out to other actresses who, after swearing her to secrecy, detailed how Hollywood thrived on abuse. Daryl Hannah and Judith Godresh admitted to being victimized but were scared to go into detail. 
Ashley Judd had a story to share. She met Weinstein in 1996 and he invited her to his Beverly Hills Hotel to talk business. The second invite was to breakfast where she met him in his suite wearing a bathrobe. He asked for a massage which she refused to give. He offered a shoulder rub and kept making requests ranging from her helping him pick an outfit to watching him take a shower. She finally told him she would give him a blowjob if she won an Academy Award for a Miramax movie. She had first called out his behavior in Variety magazine but only succeeded in drawing attention to herself. Now, she would rather share the story publicly with other women. Jenny Connor and Lena Dunham both working on a TV show, sent Jody the contact information of women who wanted to talk, and that was how Gwyneth Paltrow was found and urged to share her own story. Paltrow seemed the most unlikely to be abused by him because they had a visible father-daughter relationship. She was not a rebel or an activist, and she won awards with Weinstein by her side. According to her, they met in 1994 at the Toronto Film Festival when she was 22. He offered her two films after which she joined the Miramax family and started dating Brad Pitt. In his usual fashion, Weinstein invited her to a meeting in his hotel and asked that they gave each other a massage. She excused herself and told Brad Pitt, who confronted the producer and warned him against harassing her. Weinstein did not take this lightly and threatened her. He was scared that she would talk about what happened many years ago when he invited her to the hotel. But Paltrow didn't want a scandal, so she remained silent until her meeting with Jody, realizing that Weinstein could be brought down with enough evidence, she agreed to help her find other victims who would also share their stories. Gwyneth Paltrow agreed to help victims of sexual abuse overcome their struggle by sharing her story. Two other women corroborated the story, saying he constantly pressured women into sexual interactions under the guise of business meetings. Prominent women such as Angelina Jolie, Uma Thurman, and Salman Hayek all had different versions of how Weinstein had at one time or another been inappropriate with them, but only Italian model Ambra Battalana Gutierrez reported to law enforcement. Many actresses didn't report to law enforcement because they wanted to protect their image. This made the investigation slow and lacking in evidence because nobody wanted to testify and without financial, written or legal proof, the Weinstein story could not be authentic. Jody and Megan decided to focus on what they could prove, even though they were lesser offenses, as they would pave the way to more evidence. The more stories that were uncovered, the more courageous other victims became. Megan kept trying to find public records of abusive behavior by Weinstein which turned out to be very difficult because non-disclosure policies destroyed the records and prohibited anyone from providing the names of complainants. New harassment stories covered the news every day, sexual harassment stories in different sectors of the world began to unfold. Men apologized and victims were praised for their courage. The continuous exposure of sexual predators gave more victims the courage to speak up. Many former employees refused to testify, share whatever information they had or even return calls. But Amy Israel did, she opened up about how Weinstein had harassed her at the Toronto Film Festival after he invited her for a business meeting in his hotel. In 1998, at the Venice Film Festival, she noticed two of Weinstein's assistants, Zelda Perkins and Rowena Chu, were scared and he was refusing to acknowledge it. Both had signed agreements to keep them quiet after he had harassed them at different times while they worked for him. Through all these accusations, they still couldn't go through with criminal proceedings for lack of evidence. Criminal proceedings against Weinstein were impossible due to a lack of evidence against him. In search of this, Laura Madden came into the picture. 
1992, Weinstein masturbated in her presence under the guise of having a business meeting. She still spent six years working for him after that. Sexual predators like Weinstein always want to keep up appearances, your job is to not keep silent. Jody and Megan were advised not to speak to journalists rudely, to be on the lookout for desperate practices from Weinstein, and to be careful not to talk off the record. Weinstein had his lawyer Lanny Davis represent him. Davis kept probing sources and pitched that Weinstein speaks to them and try to resolve issues but after questions from Jody and Megan, he admitted to Weinstein making a settlement and ran off on the basis that he had to re-establish his legal limits. Weinstein began to partner with an Israeli firm called the Black Cube to manipulate the women who had testified against him. Their mission was to put an end to the investigation. He also paid Lisa Bloom a lot of money to collaborate with the Black Cube agents and collect information from all the women that accused Weinstein. He wanted all the evidence gone at all cost. Weinstein tried to put an end to the investigation against him by hiring the Black Cube to get rid of evidence and stop women from testifying. If an organization doesn't take laws that protect workers against sexual harassment seriously, there would be no escaping it. The majority of what Jody and Megan had found about Weinstein couldn't be put in print because only Laura Madden had indicated interest in going public. Nobody wanted the world know they had risen in their own career by enabling a predator. But Jody found help in Erwin Ryder, Weinstein's top lieutenant and vice president of accounting and financial reporting. They met for a few nights at a spot chosen by Ryder, and while he shared all the information he knew, Jody discovered that Weinstein had committed new offenses. This was quite easy for him because the Weinstein company had no system that held him accountable for his actions. Erwin Ryder revealed information about Weinstein's finances that aided the investigation. He narrated how Emily Nestor, Weinstein's temporary receptionist, was badgered by him until she left the office while his PA confided in him about her uncomfortable duties of procuring an erectile dysfunction drug for him and getting a bonus for it. There was also an investigation to determine how $600,000 raised at 2015 AIDS charity auction landed in the account of investors. Bob, Harvey Weinstein's brother was socially awkward and volatile and soon got into fights with Weinstein for money because Harvey lied to him about what all the settlements were for. He saw his behavior as some sort of excess. After Harvey Weinstein got physical, Bob went through a divorce and a drinking problem, he decided to withdraw from the business while seeking help. The Weinstein company didn't have rules to hold Harvey Weinstein accountable for his actions. This made it easier for him to keep harassing women sexually. The fear of judgment from the public kept a lot of victims from sharing their stories. Fear will keep you from speaking your truth, but once you do though, you'll be free. Lanny Davis, Weinstein's former lawyer, had given Megan an idea of how many payments Weinstein had made. About 8 to 12. But this was not enough evidence. There was still a need for more proof. The fear that Weinstein would retaliate had everyone scared for their reputation. At this point, it seemed best to speak to Weinstein and his team about the allegations made against him and hear his own side of the story. With the help of the Times attorney and other editors, Jody and Megan created a fireproof story. Weinstein refused to back down and face the consequences. He ordered his IT staff to delete a document that contained the contact information of many women and pressured his employees into signing a written declaration saying they enjoyed their experience in the company. Weinstein refused to admit his faults instead, instead, he looked for ways to cover up his tracks. 
The threats from the opposition only made the reporters want to work even harder. The Weinstein Company president in California agreed to include his perspective on the issue that kept dragging on. He also agreed to be a source for the settlement figure. In reply to this, Weinstein sent an email threatening to sue the Times, tried to discredit the accounts of all the women with pictures and bits and pieces from their memoirs, called Lauren Madden a liar, and asked Jody and Megan to hand over all the contents of the investigation carried out so far. Weinstein threatened everyone involved in the investigation so they would back down. In reply to this, the Times was relentless. Everyone kept working to get as many victims of Weinstein on record. Eventually, he had to take a leave of absence from the company while seeking help from a facility as advised by the board. Exposing sexual predators brought strength to the masses and created a safe space for them to share their stories. The Weinstein story encouraged women to speak up about similar experiences and this changed how employers and everyone in general behaved toward their colleagues or subordinates. The Weinstein story changed how a lot of people behaved toward women. From October 2017, many tips flowed into the news. American women had endured a lot. Some of them posted hashtag MeToo stories on social media and shared their experiences with men who sexually harassed them. This change was fueled by a sense of accountability and confidence in people who saw that their stories led to action. The sexual harassment team of the Times expanded and dug into the stories of restaurant staff, dancers, factory workers, and many other sectors. More people gained the courage to come forward with their stories. Megastar Louis C.K. lost the distribution of his soon-to-be-released film after five women documented accounts of his behavior. At this stage, christened Blasey Ford who had been attacked in college by Judge Brett Kavanaugh, current Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, also came forward to narrate her story after many years of trying to bottle up the feelings she had. Donald Trump's alleged relationship with a porn star who he paid off also came into the limelight. The increase in the allegations against these powerful men caused many people to question the law and the truth in the stories these women shared. Conclusion what you just read are the true stories of real people. For every woman who shared their stories of being harassed by Trump, Weinstein, Kavanaugh or anyone else mentioned in this tidbit, they did it so you, reading this now, would have the courage to do the same or encourage others to. If you work in an organization, ensure you confirm that it has laws that discourage sexual harassment. Also, create a safe space for your family and friends to speak out.